Classic swingers and go to big budget blockbusters, The Born Identity and Edge of Tomorrow. Doug Lyman is a director who makes a point of thrusting the viewer into the very heart of the action. His musical selections are central to the experience, as shown by this Oakenfold track, which so memorably accompanied the exhilarating car chase in Born. I'm Edith Bowman, and you're listening to Soundtracking, the podcast in which the sound of the screen takes centre stage. Doug's latest project is American Made. It's based on the real life of Barry Seal, a commercial pilot who became a drug smuggler in the 1980s. The film was scored by Christoph Beck, who has very kindly sent us a couple of his cues from the film to exclusively feature in this episode. They're not available anywhere yet, so massive thanks to him. But as well as Christoph's original compositions, American Made also features a rip-roaring array of needle drops from the 70s and 80s, including tracks by George Harrison, Talking Heads, and this one by the great Walter Murphy. And welcome to Soundtracking, sir. It's a pleasure. I'm such a fan. Thank you. Two things. Our whole podcast started off, actually. The very first interview we did with was Mr Favreau. Oh, really? Yeah, our very first interview. So um, it's quite nice that we get the chance oh, to so speak great. to you. I've spent the last couple of weeks being entertained by your work, The Wall, and then also America May. Congratulations on both those films. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Very different films, but I think are a great way of summing up the diversity of the types of films that you like to make as a filmmaker, both I guess smaller... We probably don't have that much to talk about in The Wall, given how little music exactly. is in that one. But. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of boys to men in the background yeah, or whatever, yeah. but yeah, that's about it. But America Made, it needed yeah. a good soundtrack, didn't it, in terms of both the score that Christoph put together, but also the kind of, what's felt as needle drops, you know, that contemporary music that's yeah. in there. It's a film that's crying out for a great soundtrack because of the time, but also just the pace of it and the tone of it. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason you tell a story in the 80s is one level because Barry Seal, Tom Cruise's character, is able to get away with things as a pilot that you couldn't get away with today. Mm. You know, the world's changed. It's sort of the technology. There was more of a Wild West in the 80s. So part of the reason you make a story in the 80s is that Barry Seal's character can get away with these outrageous things in an airplane. But the other thing is that you get the music of the 80s and you get the the style of the 80s um, and that's another reason to set a story in the 80s. conversation about music come into your process? I mean, it's there from the beginning, and it's interesting you talk about Favreau being your first podcast, because Swingers' music was such an integral part of that movie, and 
Favreau was such an, an amazing resource in terms of helping me pick music for the film. He had expensive tastes, though, back then, because he wrote Sinatra into the script. He but did. there was no way yeah. you were going to yeah. be able to afford Sinatra. No, but then I was like, okay, we're not Sinatra. <laughs> but, I mean, the same way that Favreau sort of introduced me to the world of swing dancing, we used to go to the Derby and hang out on Wednesday nights with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. You know, that's how we yeah. became friends. years later, here comes Gary Spinelli and, and his screenplay to American Made, and it turns out in the same way that Favreau sort of was able to educate me as to, you know, the kind of Rat Pack music scene that I was not music I knew that well. Yeah. Gary was this amazing resource when it came to the sort of music of, of the 80s. Like Slippery People by Talking Heads, which is a great track. Yeah, like, I love them, but... He was in the editing room with us, helping me pick songs and, you know, creating sort of mixtapes for me to listen to while I'm making the film. And yeah. so it was very much part of Gary's process of, of writing the script. these filmmakers who's like I'll take help wherever it can come from yeah I don't necessarily have the good ideas but I'm good at spotting them I, I don't need necessarily originate them collaboration uh, yeah like I'd like to take credit for all the music in my films because they've been really well received over the years but you know between my longtime music supervisor Julianne Jordan and then writers I worked with yeah. like Gary knowing way more about music than I know what's the matter with him Research for Barry, you know, a real person. And there's a lot documented, there's a lot there. His wife, I know you guys spoke to his wife about it and kind of got her blessing and things yeah. like that. 
I mean, did you get a clear insight into his mu his music taste from from that? Was that documented? Was that something you discussed at all? Because I kind of really feel from the music that's picked for the film, it really feels like kind of his soundscape as to what he would be listening to as a person back then. Yeah, we didn't get necessarily his mixtape. Yeah. But we really were given exposure to Barry's thinking and mm. and. And the thing is, normally, you know, when Hollywood goes and makes a movie about a historical figure, you end up casting someone like Tom Cruise. You're like, oh, we're making the character more lovable and likable than maybe he was in real life. But the thing about Barry Seal is that people loved him in real life. This is the United States Drug Enforcement Agency. We are ordering you to land. Hi, boys. Let's land. Is he? My name's Barry Seal. That's for the damage. For your sister. Hey, little darling. And your bike. Some of this shit really happened. I mean, his widow worked with us, and yeah. she shared with us a, a photo of her visiting him in a Guatemalan jail on his birthday and cutting a, his birthday cake with a machete. And this is a woman who thought she was marrying a TWA airline pilot. <laughs> and, you know, she never remarried. You know, she just, to this day, loves him dearly and when we're shooting these flying sequences these outrageous flying sequences in south america and colombia some of the local pilots we worked with knew barry seal and wow. one of them talked about how much he loved barry and we're like oh how did you meet him and he said well barry stole an airplane from him <laughs> barry was looking at an airplane this guy was selling and said do you mind if i take it up for a test flight and just never came back <laughs> And this guy loved Barry. So, like, this sort of attitude about Barry, you know, and, and the way people talked about him, and Barry had conducted at the very end these interviews because he, he, he knew, you know, that, that Go for it. shit was about to hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. And so we really got a, an insight into how he thought. And I think that influenced then what kind of music seemed like the kind of music that would make sense for telling his story. again with Mr. Beck on the score for this film, who you've worked with in the past, what are the conversations that you have with him in terms of what your expectations are or what you ask of him? We wanted something that was rock and roll. That was really important to sort of capture that attitude of Barry Seal. not be like a symphonic score and in a way Christoph Beck's process was that he brought musicians into the studio and there was a lot of them just jamming Barry was kind of this wild, out-of-control character, you know, it was, it was very free.
Christoph Beck's process for sort of writing the score was it was a looser process than I've ever done in any of my other films. There was kind of a rawness and a looseness that was so critical to celebrate this kind of attitude, yeah. right? Because Barry Seal is not a traditional hero. I mean, I'm not sure you can use the word hero. I mean, he's the center of our story, but he's the largest drug smuggler in American history, and he's doing that while he's working for the CIA. You know, I love him for that, um, but he's not really a hero. So to try to capture that attitude and to sort of see the world the way Barry saw the world needed this loose rock and roll vibe because Christoph Beck tried a bunch of different things, but his first instinct ended up being the right one. And we started that way and we ended that way with musicians just jamming. You know, I'm used to sort of working more where there's an orchestra and they're just like giving the most nitpicky little, I don't even, I, I really, I'm embarrassed to be on, on a music podcast because I don't even know the right terminology, but they're, they're giving instructions to the violin player about more piccolata, whatever, some word like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, and in the case of Beck and, and American Made Score, it was very much like, you know, forget about what's on the page, just jam, just try something, <laughs> just go for it. Just watch the picture and just jam something for us. And, and that, I'd never seen anything quite like that, but it, it was really, uh, you know, if you listen to sort of take one and take two and take three of these recordings, it, they're not the same thing at all. They're yeah. just musicians trying different things that Christoph, he had his sort of bass score, yeah. but the stuff he was putting on top of it that makes it really special was happening because these musicians were just sort of cut loose to just jam. Amazing. I hope you filmed it. We didn't. <laughs> Shame. Rock and roll. 
You should not be embarrassed about being on a podcast about music because your films have just got the most wonderful historic celebration of music. Their music is used brilliantly. I hope you don't mind if I go back over a few of them. Go is one of my all-time favourite films of a certain age where I was just really getting into film and I love what you did with that. The music was such an important and vital part of that film and the delivery of it and the response to it, I think, as a film fan. Yeah, no, I, I actually, Go is probably my favourite soundtrack. I still love the music of it today. Where'd you learn how to shake that booty? You know, in the case of Go, it was, you know, I've always, I guess, been drawn to sort of anti-heroes and, and in a way, like, Go and American Made share a lot in common because nobody in Go is doing the right thing. <laughs> you know, when I was making Swingers, before I made the film, I was living in L.A. I had roommates. I, I showed the script to one of my roommates who was, like, an assistant, you know, at an agency, and so technically in the business. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, I don't know why you'd want to make this movie the characters are totally unlikable. Like the way they're talking about women and especially that Vince Vaughn character. You know, it's really <laughs> yeah. unlikable and I'm like, well, I love him. And I obviously didn't listen to her advice and I went and made the film. And then she still was my roommate and she was like, oh, that's, I, uh, I like the film. I like the film, <laughs> you know, and I, I actually like that character. Yeah. I didn't like him on the page, but I liked him in the film. One of America's great pranksters. And then I decided I wanted to make Go and which everybody was trying to talk me out of because it was another independent film and my agents were like, you made an independent film that was successful, you have to go make a studio film now because if you don't make a studio film now and you make another independent film and that one doesn't work, then you're nowhere. But if you make a studio film, then for the rest of your life you can make studio films. But it's not really my nature to, to follow the rules. For maybe I'm attracted to the danger of double downing. I'd be like, no, I'm going to do another independent film and risk everything. Um, which was go. What is rock and roll? What would you win when if what would you win when if what would you win when if that boys with it? What would you win when if what would you win when if what would you win when if that boys with it? What would you win when if what would you win when if what would you win when if that boys with it? What would what would what would what would and that same friend read the script to go, and she was like, I didn't like Swingers because of the Vince Vaughn character. This script, I don't like anybody in it. They're all doing unlikable things. And I'm like, wow, I love all of them. And I do think the music is a key component in terms of sort of just getting you into seeing the world the way these characters see the world. And then they're not such bad people. If you see the world the way they see it, you start to fall in love with them.
before we go, we've got to mention Bourne. That film was just brilliant. And the music, the Moby track, which has lasted throughout every film since. Yeah. So iconic, such an iconic piece of music. And you hear it and you instantly think of Bourne. You instantly think of Matt and you instantly think of those films. I listened to a podcast recently you were on talking about computer games, which I really enjoyed yeah. hearing you talk about. And, and it kind of made me really think about that world from what you were talking about in terms of almost trying to create Bourne feeling a little bit like a, a computer Like a first person yeah. shooter game. Which is so clever and such a subtle way of incorporating another medium into your thought process on filmmaking. But that was a deliberate thing for you in terms of how you thought about it. Well, it's because, you know, these first person, you know, shooter games are so immersive because you play really are playing the character and in the case of Born Identity, because of Matt Damon's amnesia, you know, he doesn't know anything more than you know, so you get to play him. Yeah. You know, you're not just watching him, but you're really in the car with him. You're you're in the car chase. And ever since then, I've really been interested in sort of immersing the audience in the actual experience, you know? And it was, you know, how do I not just have you watch Barry Seal fly an airplane, but how do, how do I kind of put you in the airplane and, and try to give you the experience of what it's like to, you know, be a pilot flying for the CIA in the 80s. Yeah. To not just watch them, but to, to be in the airplane. That was really why I was so attracted to the idea of making a film like Born Identity. by being excited as well about what's next live die repeat repeat which i saw you yeah. a little thing i heard you say which is you told the story of the film to some friends at a dinner party obviously not your old flatmate otherwise you would have ignored her okay? yeah yeah <laughs> but, but, but they were like i want to see that film it's not that they wanted to see it it's that i enjoyed telling the story okay great double double one no and, it, and it's like <laughs> if i find myself i keep telling the story to friends i'm like i just love telling the story like this is such a great idea and so unexpected in a sequel but just a great story when i find myself just telling the story over and over again then it's like I should go make the film so I can just tell it once and for all definitively and then I, I don't have to keep telling it at dinner parties. Well I look forward to this continued relationship with you and Tom Cruise because you really bring out the best in each other as well congratulations. Yeah I feel that way too yeah. Thanks Doug thank, thank you. you. Cheers.
soundtrack to Doug Lyman's Edge of Tomorrow. That's Werewolf Track by Willie Moon. Rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking. My huge thanks to Doug for taking the time to talk to us. American Made is out in the UK now and next month in the US with Christoph's score coming soon on Varesa Band. Massive thanks to him again too for sending us those as yet unreleased cues. Now you can catch up with all of our previous episodes via edithbowman.com, including the one featuring the aforementioned Mr. Favreau. My website is also the place to subscribe or you can head to iTunes if you'd prefer. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK and please do spread the word about our humble podcast if you do like what you hear. Next up, we have a real treat for you in the shape of Steven Soderbergh, whose new project, Logan Lucky, stars Daniel Craig as you have never seen him before. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Mm-hmm.